I remember Carl Judy likening the troubles and trials and, and our cares of this world like, like as if we had 50 pounds of mud on each boot. And I thought of that when we sang that song. It says, away from the mire and away from the clay. That we can, we can come above the things and the desires that Shane mentioned of, of this life and of, of these cares that we can have in this life or even sometimes our, our loves of this life and the things this world has to offer. This morning I read a, quite a familiar passage the tares amongst the wheat and then I'll read beyond that so it's in the 13th chapter of Gospel of Matthew starting with the 24th verse that's Matthew, Matthew 13 24 to 43 I'll read reading these words in Jesus name another parable he put forth unto them saying the kingdom of heaven is like unto, unto a man which sowed good seed in his field but while men slept, his, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. And when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servants said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, No. Or, or, but he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say unto the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles, and burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs, and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air, air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Another parable spake he unto them, The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal, till the whole was leavened. All these things spake Jesus unto them in parables, and without a parable spake he not unto them, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house. And his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. <clears throat> Excuse me. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be at the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and, they, and them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Amen. Greetings of 
grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, be multiplied unto each one here gathered, now and forever. Amen. As, as Jesus puts forth these parables, we see that, that he can open things unto us. We, we can read the parable, and, and even as Jesus speaks this parable to, to these people, that they, they obviously wanted to know more. And, and we know that he spoke to them in parables. I've said many times, I guess, that, that, so that, so that we can take things that we work with and know all about seed and, for instance, and, and how, how it's put into the ground and grows and, and he can show us spiritual things. He can show us eternal things through these things. Another parable put he forth and said unto, forth unto them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. And I know there's that, there's that side to it that, that, uh, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God are two different things. And and then it, it seems like sometimes you look into the word and they're one and the same. So but definitely in, in some instances they, they show two different things. It says the kingdom of heaven being, of course, this this living church here on earth. And this this whole passage that I that I read speaks of of two different kingdoms, you might say, and and we speak of a we speak of a uh, militant kingdom, and that's that's this church here on earth where we have we have fights and we have battles and we have things that happen here. We have tares being sowed among among the good seed, the, the, the bad seed sowed amongst the good seed, and, and the kingdom of God. In, in many instances, speaks of a perfect place and a perfect situation where where there is no no wrong and no evil, and and I think it's it speaks of of that heavenly side that we all seek for. There will be no more. I read in Revelation this morning how it says there will be no more tears, no more sadness, no more crying, no more wrongdoing. None of that, but this this kingdom here speaks of of a place where good seed is sown, but then the bad seed is sown along with it. While men slept, it says, Jesus doesn't instruct us to fall asleep. He he instructs us instructs us to stay awake and aware of what's going on around us, and and to be diligent and to be. To be always on the lookout for for trouble, you might say, that that we would recognize it when it comes. When when he explains here later the who the wicked one is, he doesn't leave it. So it's a vague thing that we have to try and figure out. He said it's it's the devil. There's no no two ways about it kingdom of heaven is like unto a man which sowed good seed in his field but while men slept so we we get drowsy and we get we get so that we're not really 
aware of of conditions around us sometimes. And it says that while men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat. He sowed bad seed or weeds, you might say, in a physical way. And we know that, well, I just know that that some of these weed seeds, we don't we don't go out and plant them in the garden, but but they they last for I've I've heard up to something like seventeen years. Weed seeds can be dormant in your garden, and when conditions are right, they come to the surface through working the soil, or they might come to within a quarter inch of the surface, and just a perfect. The sun comes out and warms up the soil, and the, the heat comes down and rain comes down and, and that seed has a perfect place to grow whereas it might have been down deeper where the soil soil is cold or or doesn't doesn't get the sunlight or whatever and that seed lies dormant but here it says the enemy sowed and we know that even in, even in a natural sense the, we go back to to uh, creation and that perfect garden of eden and the man fell into sin he he came into that that place where he would have to work and labor and toil against the weeds and the thistles and the thorns growing where where we have to grow our feed our food to eat so so not not even in not only in a spiritual sense but even in the natural sense we we brought this curse down upon us and it says things like that women would have travail in birth after that. The, the mankind had barely started out on, on this life's journey, and in those days they lived to be 900 years old. And they barely started out and they fell into sin. And so God gives us these things too. So we have to kind of slog our way through life. When the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. They didn't, they didn't recognize right away. And, and that's the way it is with, oh, I'm sure that, I'm sure there's experts in, in the grasses and these things that can, can recognize trouble when the first shoot comes out of the ground. But, uh, I can't. And, and if you have, if you have one blade of grass or another, they, they pretty much look the same. Maybe if you put them under a microscope, you could tell the difference. But these people, obviously their time went on in this parable. Some time went on and, and the, 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 uh, the wheat and the, and the tares came up and they, they were up into the, we might say the shot stage before people recognized there was any problem even. When the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came. They, they, they recognize this when the plant is a certain size, that there's trouble here. Servants of the householder came and said unto them, unto him, Sir, did not, didst thou, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then came the tares? Where did these come from? They're wondering, didn't you sow good seed in your field? We know that God's word is a good seed. His word is. And, and Jesus sows. And, and all his, 
All his believers sow that seed. We go forth and we sow that seed. But the devil, we, we were talking about that in Bible study, how the devil, he's there to find our weaknesses and, and work on them. And, and he's always, he's always got a, a litany of, of things to attract us and go his way and take our eyes off we might say heaven's shore and our savior as we go through this life take our eyes off these things and and he, he's there he's there sowing this seed all the time we know that if we, if we walk with our hand in the hand of our savior so to speak that we're in a good place and even Jesus himself we know that he went through this through this life, spent 33 years, even as, as we go through this life day to day and year after year. And the word tells us he was tempted in all points, even as we are. So, so that's the devil doing that work. The, the advantage he had was that he was the son of God. He could have fallen into temptation. The devil offered all the things to him that he offers us. But he was faithful to his father. And we might say he had this this great advantage of being man and God. But he could have fallen too. He didn't. We know he didn't fall. And we know that we can be ever so thankful because he didn't fall. For if he had fallen, there would have been no one God could have called on to pay our sin debt. So when they ask him, where where did the tares come from? He says unto them, an enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? This is before, this is when the we might say in the in the stage of the the wheat and the crop that that it was putting forth fruit and maybe it wasn't wasn't really finished yet the, the, we know that the seeds start forming and we can go and recognize the ones one might be a weed and one might be barley or or wheat or whatever we seeded and this is the time that we should route them out and they asked Jesus if if that's what they should do and and I mean it's natural for us to think that we should get an early start on pulling up the weeds and the bad things but Jesus says no and and here we have to look at more than just a natural side because we do we do go pull weeds out of our garden and it's the right thing to do but he says, nay, lest while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. They're, they're both in the growing stage, and they're both putting forth fruit, or, or the grain in this case. So Jesus tells them that, that not, not to go and, and pull out the tares, because in doing that, and I, I don't know if it makes a lot of difference, but I think in those days we we can we can imagine they weren't using 
the latest in air seeders or, or drills that were in the day I grew up on the farm. Seed drills, everything was in rows, and of course everything's in rows with all the modern equipment, but when when the man went out to sow seed, well, he had a bag of seed and he, he spread that seed by hand indiscriminately, just spread it across the ground so it wasn't in wasn't in an organized fashion that way. And 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 then the enemy comes and he sows the tares in the same manner. So they're all over the place. And and growing together. Seeds the seeds were probably in off in, in many cases so close that the two plants came up you might say almost out of the same spot in the ground. And you pull one up and you're gonna get the other one also. When you have, when you have, this is not rocket science, but when you have rows in in your garden, for instance, you can weed right up to the carrots within a half an inch and you're not pulling up the carrots. But if these seeds happen to fall in the same hole in the ground or crack or crevice, you pull one up and you're going to get the other one also. And, and so Jesus says, let, bro, let both grow together until the harvest. And in, and in the time of harvest, I will say unto the reapers. And we know that if we go through the scriptures, he, he chooses his angels to do the reaping. He doesn't choose us as men. He chooses us to do the sowing. And we often wonder why. And we often wonder why it is that that... Sinners like you and I are are here, I guess, trying to explain this word, this powerful word, this word that is our very God and our Savior, and an omnipotent word. And we're up here struggling away, trying to explain it. But we're sowing the seed. And I'm not bragging about sowing the seed, but in the parable of the sower, that's what happens. The seed is sown indiscriminately. And it's God has always chosen his servants to sow that seed. He chose he's chosen his angels to to reap the harvest. And he tells them what to do. Let both let both grow together until the harvest, and in the time of harvest I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles and burn them but gather the wheat into my barns so apparently they have these angels have that discerning spirit and understanding and power that they harvest this stuff in the right way he says gather the gather the tares first and then when you're done that, it says, gather the tares, bind them in bundles and burn them. It, it seems, it seems harsh when we look at, at later on, when they ask Jesus to explain these things in more detail. So then we go into, into these two other, other things. He likens the kingdom of heaven. As, as this text started out, it says the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man which sowed good seed in his field and here it says then 31st verse another parable put he forth unto them 
saying, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it grows, it's the greatest among herbs, and becometh a a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. And I guess you could say that, even as, as there are the two types of seed here, sown in this kingdom of heaven, we could say that maybe there's two types of birds nesting in this tree. This tree that starts off, and, and it is a miracle if you look at some of the tiniest of seeds. You look at the, the, the balm trees here that we have in this country, and if you look at that seed, look at each seed, and they're so tiny that you can hardly see them. And they float around in, in bunches and bundles in the end of June, and it looks like snow on the ground, there's so many of them. But those, those seeds are so tiny, and then, and then you look at the trees, and we were looking at, at Amy's the other night at this massive balm tree down in southern Alberta where the men were hunting, and it looks like it's about four feet through, and it starts out with a seed that is so tiny that all the, we might say, I, I'm not too scientific that way, but all the genetics and all the, all the qualities that that tree will become start out in that little seed. It's, it really is a miracle. So Jesus says this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's like, it's, it's like a grain of mustard seed, which I think is very similar to canola, what we have these days so much of. A man took and he sowed this in his field. He took this minute little seed. And this minute little seed has, has all those, the, the kingdom of heaven is like this seed, it says. Jesus is saying. He, he, he sowed this seed in his field, and this seed becomes a mighty tree. This seed becomes something that is, that is a home and a comfort, and, and often in, in many places it's, it's food, even physically speaking, for the birds that nest and rest in that tree. And we see that this, this tree becomes a provider of, as, as I say, maybe, maybe food, but for sure, here it says, it becomes the greatest among herbs and becometh a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. King of heaven is like this. He's trying to explain to us so we have a, so we have a picture in our minds of some, some natural thing that we might, we might go sit under the shade of that tree or, or climb up and sit in the branches like a bird eater. I, I, I spent my childhood climbing trees. I sat in those branches probably thousands of times. I wasn't trying to be a bird. I just liked climbing trees. But the the shade and the comfort there. And Jesus says, this is, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. Where these birds come and, come and lodge. First of all, the seed starts out so small you can barely see it. And it becomes, it becomes a, a resting place. And a place where they, these birds can can feed and spend time and find shade and <coughs> excuse me find nourishment there in in more ways than one. Another parable spake he unto them: The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven. I was recently reading about the children of Israel leaving 
leaving Egypt, which is portrayed as, as a land of bondage, a land where we might say we could, we could look at any individual, myself included, and say we've lived in sin at times and we're into the bondage of sin. It's captivated us, it's held us there. And we wonder, especially like myself, growing up hearing the word preached, and it was doing a work in my heart to do something about sin in your life. And I remember a number of years in my teenage years, back and forth between knowing what I should do and wondering how it can be done. How can I find strength to talk to somebody? Preachers stayed with this word and encouraged and kept telling us, just go to someone and speak to them. We can't do this of ourselves. We can't muster up that strength. But when this word and elders and other Christian brothers and sisters can encourage you to do this, there is strength. It comes from this word. It comes from the spoken word. We talked the other night, I think it was, about faith coming by hearing. And hearing comes by the word of God. This word tells us. I got into that because of this word leaven. The children of Israel were leaving Egypt and they were supposed to take unleavened bread. And we know that in our communion service we use unleavened bread. And and what it signifies, I believe, is maybe maybe someone can can fill me in and, and enlighten me some more on this, but it, I, I believe it signifies the word in its purity, in its wholesomeness. There's nothing puffed up about it. There's nothing imaginary about it. There's nothing that is, we might say, put on the table to tempt us. Like when you go to, to, uh, the fair or something and they're, they're advertising rides and they're advertising cars for sale and they're advertising everything and they, they, they brag up everything. It's not puffed up. It's, it's the good, hard, solid word of God. And that's what the, the leaven, it says that this, this woman takes leaven. Now, you might think this is contradictory because we, we eat bread all the time that's leavened. But we're not supposed to leaven this word. We're not supposed to mix it in and make something that is just a bunch of hot air. But it says the kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven. It grows. We know that if we put leaven in a, in a small piece of dough, it makes that grow and, and become good and edible. And, and it isn't a contradictory thing, but it says the kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven. I believe when the, 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 uh, 
leaven is put into the dough, it makes, it makes an edible loaf of bread, we might say. And the kingdom of heaven grows that way. It grows in that way that when, when maybe even one word can, can help a person to believe and, and faith can grow. So it says, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. This leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of meal, and the whole was leavened. The bread, the bread is on the, on, in, in the making here. All these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables, and without a parable spake he not unto them, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. Isn't that interesting that prophets of old spoke and and talked of Jesus coming and talked of this word and and how how things would happen that it might be fulfilled which is spoken by the prophet saying I will open my mouth in parables I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world so these little these little parables that that sometimes we might think they're not very significant. I believe there's prophecies. I, re- I read many things I don't understand, but especially in Revelations, there's, there's prophecies and there's, there's things spoken there that, that are going to be opened to us. One by one, these little things are opened to an individual here and an individual there. And the prophets have said, this is how it's going to be. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret. Kept secret. They aren't open to mankind. And we see this in the, in the uh, we might say, the churches across the land, and, and, and many of them, I don't know if they're on track. I have, I have trouble thinking they're on track. And people take their natural understandings and, and they go to, go to seminaries and colleges and, and all kinds of courses they take and they think that these things are opened unto them. And I don't really know if they are. I have my doubts. But when something is, is truly opened to a child of God, it is truly opened. It says things have been kept secret from the foundation of the world, from the very beginning. And when God opens it, then it's opened. We understand these things that we might have read many times and we pass it by. We pass it, as the old preachers used to say, tip your hat to it and move on. If, if you don't understand it, don't, you know, don't uh, worry about it, don't toil over it, but read it and move on. And it will be open sometime. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house and his disciples came unto him saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. They didn't ask him to to expound any more on these other things that he, he talked about. But this one about the tares, they were curious. Tell us more. I remember Paul speaking there, was it? I just forget when. Mars Hill, I believe it was, when, when they, they said, we want to hear more of this. When he, when he opened unto them that, that, uh, 
monument they had to the unknown God. And he spoke about that. He said, I will declare this unknown God unto you. I'll show you, I'll show you who he is. They wanted to know more then. So here the disciples, they want to know more about this parable of the sower. And, or the, the parable of the man that sowed the good seed in his field. And, we might, we might say this stuff we just went through is fairly clear, and it, it makes sense. But Jesus fine-tunes these things for us. He goes into more detail. Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. And, he's, and he answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the son of man. Jesus sows the good seed. And I, and I, I guess I mentioned that, that we sow the seed, but really we're, we're just repeating what Jesus sowed and, and did and said. He that soweth the good seed is the son of man. Speaking of himself, the field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. I remember George Wilson many, many years ago, 50 years ago probably, saying that we're, we're living in the time where the lion is laying down with the lamb. And I was, I was maybe 15 years old or something. Boy, my ears perked up. I just thought, what, what is he going to say? And he says, we can, we can live with some of these, for instance, a Muslim across the, across the fence in the yard, and on one hand he's he's got the right by his by his and and George didn't say all these things, but this is something that comes to me. Uh, he said he, he I shouldn't say he said, but our faiths are so far apart and so different, and yet we can be working out in the yard and lean over the fence and visit with them. And we can live in a time of peace and neighborliness. He says that that's what the, the lion laying down with the lamb is. There's, there's, uh, there's that understanding with, with those people and, and, and different ones in the, in the world that they have the right to, to do away with us as Christians. And it is happening. And, George, George said, this is the lion laying down with the lamb. And I haven't come up with anything better in all these 50 years. How it could be anything else. Maybe there are other explanations. But it says here that the, the tares are the children of the wicked one and the enemy, uh, the children, the good seed are the children of the kingdom and the tares are the children of the wicked ones. And they grow up together. They grow and they produce their their seed, the one right alongside the other. And Jesus' instruction is don't don't tear them the one up and try and leave the other one. You might you might take them both, and and then the the good seed will be destroyed also. The enemy that sowed them is the devil, and the harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. I believe that we're coming close to that time. We're coming close to the end of all things. 
There, there are so many things happening these days, and, and maybe people have said this all through the ages, but prophecies are being fulfilled one at a time, and, and sometimes quite quickly. And, and I know that when Jesus does things, and when God does things, he does them quickly. And, and it, just, it just seems to me that we can't be far from there. The reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. When things are all said and done, and I, I don't know which one of us, Claire or Jordan, said last Sunday, that when, when the last... When the last one comes into faith and is believing, then there's no there's no more reason for this world to go on. We we have a hard time comprehending that with eight or whatever billion people on this on this earth. That when the last one comes in, the last sheep is taken off the mountain, as the song says world has no more reason to stand we have to believe that by faith because when I start looking at all the details it, it, it seems like it, it can't be that way but that's what this word seems to say the tares are gathered and burned in the fire so shall it be in the end of this world the son of man shall send forth his angels and they shall gather out of his kingdom all the things that offend and them which do iniquity. All wrongdoing. And we might wonder sometimes how is it that all things are under Jesus' feet. The earth is a footstool of our Lord. And that's more than I can comprehend. But eventually all things will be put in order. And I believe that's what it's saying here. Son of man shall send forth his angels. They shall gather out of his kingdom. That's this militant kingdom. And we will end up in a victorious, glorious kingdom after this. Gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and all things which do iniquity. It'll be purified. We will be purified. We will be glorified. We will go from the militant kingdom into that glorious, perfect, beautiful kingdom. And these others will be cast. He says, shall cast them, these others, all these things that offend and all that do iniquity. The, the natural world around us doesn't offend us and it doesn't do iniquity. It's people that do that. People that are not believing. I remember as a, as a very young boy, the old preacher, Sacred Bergstead, visited many times in Sylvan. And he had had, he had, he had visions. He had had a few of them during his many, many years. I think he lived to be in his 70s or something. And he had had seen 
something, and he, he says, I was never able to speak about it to anybody, something he had seen in this vision, but he says, and he wasn't shy about telling us, he says, woe unto the man who is not ready to go in this world, or when he, when the world ends, or when he is coming to his end. Woe unto him. Bad things come unto him, will come unto him. This word says that in many, many places, countless places, that we should be ready. It's sin that separates us from God. I've heard all my life. Do something about our sin. Come to the mercy seat. If there are things in your life and in your heart, this known as the gospel call goes out. Come. And put things away. Speak of those things. A brother or sister can lay his hands on you and assure you that if you are that if you are of that broken and contrite heart and spirit, and you find strength to put things away, they're already put away. That's the good news. That's that's the best story there is. Jesus died from the foundation of the world. Jesus died before. We might say, because, because God doesn't, isn't burdened by time like we are. The way of salvation has been in place before man ever sinned, before man ever fell into sin. Your sins are forgiven in the precious name of Jesus. We can go forth and anticipate then meeting and seeing our Savior and anticipate this time when this, when this world comes to an end. shall cast them into a furnace of fire there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth not not a nice thing we we might as i do have a trouble have struggle with getting angry about things and i don't know if i've ever been into that wailing and gnashing of teeth but but it's 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 a hopeless situation it speaks of when when there's no more there's no more hope there's no more Time of returning. You have the parable of the the rich man and Lazarus. He's not in a very good place, the rich man. Lazarus, it gives us to understand he's in a beautiful, beautiful place. Resting in the bosom of Abraham. And he can't see the rich man in his torments. But the rich man can look back and see Lazarus. That's part of his torment. There's no turning back. So he calls for, I just can't remember the exact details, but calls that this, this word could be preached to his brothers so they don't have to come here. And he's given that answer that they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. They have this word. They, they have it. They are being called. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous, and, the, and this is explained in Revelation so clearly in, in much more detail, but it says things are going to be in order then for the, for the believer, the child of God. The one who has struggled with sin 
the one who has come through great tribulation and he's washed his robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb, as it says in Revelations of that that great throng of people. It says, Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their Father. This is that glorious kingdom. We've left the militant kingdom behind. We've been transformed and translated into this new kingdom. We will live forever. The righteous shall shine forth as a sun in the kingdom of their father. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. The word says that in many places, and it says it especially in Revelations, that he he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. I, I believe it's very simple that we would have a heart and an understanding and, and that kind of a that kind of a hearing that that we would long to hear this word long to have a will to obey if there's instruction there for us or correcting there for us so we could obey and and find ourselves in that in that kingdom of, of of heaven and kingdom of God here on earth that is that is beyond the militant kingdom that we, we could be part of that and we are we are part of that righteous and perfect kingdom but as, as long as we're in this life we we struggle and we will but we can be conquerors as we go through life and in the end we, can, we, we will be part of this kingdom of our Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we close with a benediction? May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift up his countenance unto us and give us everlasting peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, amen.